Questions over how the Lakewood church shooter bought a gun, why her criminal record and history of mental illness didn't trigger any flags. And after a cold start today, things are warming up, but we do have a change in your Valentine's Day forecast. And a national security package is at risk. Why the multi-billion dollar bill is expected to die in the U.S. House. The woman who opened fire at Lakewood Church in Houston had two decades worth of criminal history and documented struggles with mental illness. So now it's raising questions of how she was able to purchase a firearm in the first place. Good evening, everyone. I'm Jayla Washington filling in for Britt Moreno. And I'm Daniel Marine. Texas does not have red flag laws, but our Monica Madden sought to understand how those laws work and what their limitations are. The 36-year-old Lakewood shooter had previous arrests for charges, including unlawful possession of a weapon and assault on a public servant. She was also put under an emergency detention order for mental illness in 2016. Houston police believe she purchased the firearm legally. We're still con conducting the, the trace on that. Federal law requires citizens to fill out this firearms transaction form when purchasing a gun from a licensed dealer. It asks questions like if you've been convicted for certain misdemeanors or if you're under felony indictment and without clear certainty about how the shooter got her firearm it's unclear if she had to fill out a form like this and if she would have been flagged or in the states that do have them it tends to be spotty to get a better understanding of how red flag laws are supposed to work i spoke with dr jeffrey swanson a sociologist who researches gun laws at duke university it's a civil restraining order that's not criminalizing that allows police officers with due process with a court order to temporarily remove someone's firearms and deny them access to firearms if they pose a an imminent risk of harming uh, someone else or themselves. In a study of six states with red flag laws, Swanson examined petitions for risk protection orders. 10% of those cases, it was a threat of a mass casualty shooting. And the judge said, yes, we need to intervene, remove that individual's firearms. Opponents argue these laws amount to taking gun rights away from people who haven't been found guilty of a crime. Experts like Swanson say a red flag law will not stop all bad actors. It's a piece in the puzzle of gun violence prevention. It would work better if we had universal background checks. It would work better if we could do something about the very robust illegal gun market. Community leaders asking Texans to work together to prevent another Lakewood. Neighbors, family members, getting that information up uh, to us in a timely manner where we can be proactive in preventing. And that was our Monica Madden reporting. After the Uvalde school shooting, Texas Senator John Corrin Cornyn, rather, spearheaded federal legislation that included funding for states that wanted to implement red flag programs. And that led the Republican Party of Texas to pass a resolution condemning Corrin. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, while we enjoy a beautiful sunny evening, other parts of the country are facing a massive winter storm. This is a live look in Providence, Rhode Island, where you can see some of the snow, even in the dark, blanketing buildings across this part of town. In New York City, the total snowfall, check this out, 3.2 inches in Central Park. Nothing historic, but that's actually the highest snow amount for the park since January 2022, two years ago. Areas north of New York City, including the Hudson River Valley, saw 5 to 10 inches of the white stuff. Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, more than 100,000 people are without power at points today. The Pennsylvania State Police Department said they responded to over 1,200 weather-related crashes. Snow has stopped falling now, but this morning, across the region, some 46 million people were under winter weather alerts. More than 1,300 flights have been canceled. 
We got some of that cold air here this morning, but now it's being booted out in a hurry. Low temperatures this morning, a light freeze out in the rural valleys, bottoming out at 31. But look at this day. We've got sunshine, south winds warming us up. The Rock and Dirt Yard Cam in Buta looking gorgeous. Yesterday's cold winds have now done a 180, blowing from the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour, and that tends to warm up our temperatures. That's why we're seeing 66 in Austin and Cameron and Rockdale, 69 degrees right now in Marble Falls. Coming up in your forecast, we do have some changes to talk about for your Valentine's Day plans. Also a strong weekend cold front and what that means for your marathon forecast. I'm announcing today that in addition to the Georgia Guardsmen already stationed at the border, we will send reinforcements to Texas this spring who will assist with the construction of a Ford command post on the border with Mexico. That is Georgia's Republican Governor Brian Kemp announcing today that the Peach State will send uh, will join Indiana and Florida in sending more troops to the Texas-Mexico border. Kemp went on to say that what is happening on the border is a national problem and requires a national solution. Now, we've told you some residents in border towns like Eagle Pass have expressed frustration over the heavy military presence. In Washington, border security could once again snag funding for Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. After an all-night marathon, senators passed a $95 billion national security package that includes funding for those key U.S. allies. But as NBC's Alice Barr reports, the proposal faces a grim future in the Republican-controlled House. President Biden today making the urgent case for the House to take up a $95 billion aid package for U.S. allies. Pass this bill immediately to stand for decency, stand for democracy. The Senate passed the bill early this morning with 22 Republicans joining almost all Democrats. The bulk of the money goes to Ukraine, along with Israel, humanitarian assistance for Gaza and elsewhere, and U.S. partners countering China. History is looking upon the United States and seeing if we will stand up for our values, stand up to bullies like Putin, and do the right thing. House Speaker Mike Johnson reaffirming that the House will not consider national security legislation without new border policy. National security begins with border security. We have said that all along. Despite having declared a previous version of the bill with border money dead on arrival, the Speaker saying it didn't go far enough. Republicans are under pressure from former President Trump to reject the new Senate foreign aid package, echoing his objections. $95 billion, and not a penny of that goes to anything for any American. Underscoring the deep divides over border security, House Republicans trying again today to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, blaming him for record border crossings. The House fell one vote short of impeaching Mayorkas last week. All the Republicans will be back. The effort will die in the Democrat-controlled Senate as Congress struggles to break through gridlock on several fronts. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. President Biden today also called out as shameful and un-American former President Trump's recent comments that he would encourage Russia to do whatever it wants to NATO allies who don't keep up with their defense spending. Well, Austin is serving a record number of new people within its homeless shelters. This was revealed during the city council meeting this morning where officials discussed the city's homeless strategy, focusing on shelter capacity and expansion plans. According to the Ending Community Homelessness Coalition, in 2023, over 3,000 people used the city's shelter services. 
Currently, Austin has just under 1,400 bed spaces across city-funded facilities as well as partner shelters, but with shelters at 90% capacity. They say there is still a need for more than 600 more beds to be ready by the end of next year. Our shelters are full, which is why we're charging ahead with trying to bring more shelter beds online and into operations. Now, the city does expect the number of permanent supportive housing units to triple by the end of this year, with over 1,000 new units expected by the end of 2026. Well, today is Fat Tuesday, and in New Orleans, it's time for what some call the largest free party in the world, Mardi Gras. Tens of thousands of tourists and locals lined the city streets as the traditional parades began to roll through the city late this morning. Now, the parades themselves are organized by social clubs or crews and usually follow the same schedule and same route every year. Today is actually the last day of the Mardi Gras season with Ash Wednesday tomorrow. Coming up, lawsuits dismissed against an Ivy League university over body parts stolen from the morgue. But the judge said Harvard shouldn't be held responsible. Plus, mounting concern over wastewater disposal for a housing development in Hayes County. Why nearby landowners worry about the proposition. And a picket line outside of Austin's airport. What flight attendants want from the airlines. Multiple lawsuits against Harvard over stolen human body parts have officially been dismissed. A judge dropped the lawsuit, saying the university is not liable for the actions of the former manager of the Harvard Medical School morgue. Family members, those are the people who donated body parts that were allegedly stolen and then sold from the morgue, they filed the lawsuits. Harvard's former morgue manager, Cedric Lodge, alongside those who are accused of trafficking the remains, are facing criminal charges, but family members also wanted to hold the school accountable. Catherine Barnett, one of the attorneys representing the family, says this sets a worrying precedent. To be a ruling that gives every school out there carte blanche to let to just let criminals run wild in their morgue. And so long as you don't look, you're scot free. Attorneys for the family say they will appeal the judge's decision. And this ruling, keep in mind, does not affect the criminal case and the charges that Cedric Lodge, as well as the other defendants, are currently facing. Well, homeowners worried about a new development near the Pertinalis River got a ch uh, chance to voice their concerns to state officials over wastewater disposal. Uh, I've told you about the plans for Mita Soul Springs in Hayes County, a project that bills itself as a conservation-scale community looking to set the standard for how a development can protect the environment. According to the permit, this system will process up to 39,000 gallons of wastewater a day. Developers say none of that will be discharged into the nearby creeks or the river. But nearby landowners say they're concerned because of a porous rock found in the area known as karst. This is not just an ordinary field that's flat. This is on a river with slope topography, with karst. It has unique endangered species. This is different. You can't do what's normally done. And the landowners are concerned that any processed water used for irrigation will flow through these pores and then pollute the springs below. Developers maintain that would not happen. The Texas Commission on Environmental Quality will review the feedback given from the community at last night's meeting and later make a decision on the project's permit. Still to come, picket lines around airports around the world. What changes flight attendants are looking for? No rain today in the Austin area, but we're still riding high off of a wetter than normal month and wetter than normal year to this point. We'll talk about our next chance of rain and your Valentine's Day plans after this. 
Well, if you dropped someone off at the airport earlier today, you may have noticed a picket line. Hundreds of flight attendants are demonstrating across the country. Attendants here in Texas are joining a total of 100,000 across the world for what is being called Worldwide Flight Attendant Day of Action. These are flight attendants already scheduled off work, so travelers should not expect any disruptions. But this is just a culmination of what has been at least two years of picketing by airline industry workers, demanding better pay as well as working conditions. More than two-thirds of U.S. flight attendants are in the middle of contract negotiations with airlines, including Fort Worth-based American, Dallas-based Southwest, plus Alaska, United, and Frontier Airlines. All of them are working under contracts that haven't been updated since before COVID, despite dealing with inflation, unruly passengers, and the post-pandemic travel surge. We want management to know that we are demanding livable wages and better work rules. Flight attendants work long hours with little breaks. We need rest. We cannot function like that. Now, union leaders say American Airlines flight attendants are now inching down a path that could lead to a strike. Meantime, Southwest got to a tentative agreement recently, but the union rejected it. And as for Alaska Airlines, their strike authorization vote ends today. Now, we did reach out to some of the major airlines at Austin's airport. A statement from American Airlines said in part, we appreciate and respect our flight attendants' right to picket and understand that this is their way of telling us the importance of getting a contract done. And we hear them. We remain at the negotiation table ready to make a deal, and we are confident that we will reach a new agreement soon. Southwest Airlines also released a statement reading in part, we are scheduled to meet next week with the union and the National Mediation Board to continue working toward an agreement that benefits the flight attendants as well as Southwest. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, 518 now, and we are hanging out with the birds up here on top of the KXAN studios near UT. 66 under bright sunshine on the West Shore home cam. I'm not smart enough to know what kind of bird this little guy is, but I know our viewers are very astute. Shoot us an email at report at kxan.com. I actually see this little friend up there most days this spring. Uh, pollen count actually still showing cedar and elm as most problematic. Those are trending a little higher with the south winds and dry weather. The clouds and radar, though, not showing much going on across the state as very lovely weather continues. If you or family, though, are heading to the northeast, be advised we've got a snowstorm coming in waves from New York up to Boston. As we told you at the top of the broadcast, a lot of flights have been affected. The worst of that storm is moving offshore. Back to our weather, though, we're watching this little guy. Nothing like what's going on in the Northeast, clipping our way tomorrow from the Pacific Northwest. This only has a small impact on our weather, but it won't be as pretty as today for your Valentine's Day plants. Here we are this evening with clear skies until after dark. After about 10 p.m., though, some high clouds start to filter in. And even though you will see some sunshine through those high clouds tomorrow morning, by tomorrow afternoon, that changes. Mostly cloudy skies turn completely gray during the afternoon and evening. Overcast skies with a little 10% chance of a sprinkle. I know this looks a little concerning, but I really don't expect much rain tomorrow evening. Keep it in mind, though, a couple little spits of drizzle possible during your Valentine's Day evening plans. Gentlemen, this is your warning. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Uh, cloudy skies, a few sprinkles for your evening plans. Temperatures, though, quite comfortable at 63. Let's talk about what happens later in the week. Following Valentine's Day, here we are Thursday with a disturbance coming our way from the Pacific and northern Mexico, starting to throw some moisture into our air on Friday. 
We wake up cloudy with a couple scattered showers, mainly in our southern counties. Then later Friday, a strong cold front blows in from the north, focusing some rain, maybe an isolated thunderstorm along it. Rain clears out just in time for all of our Austin Marathon weekend plans by the time you wake up on Saturday morning. I mentioned a lot of the rain focusing south of Austin. We expect a tenth, a quarter of an inch in most of these areas. Not a lot of rain expected from this system at all north and especially northwest of the Austin metro. Temperatures, though, are going to be doing the typical yo-yo around here over the next week. We warm up tomorrow and Thursday. Then temperatures crash behind that weekend cold front. Highs in some areas in the hill country may struggle to get out of the 40s on Saturday afternoon. But here's another big ramp up in temperatures. We're back 10 degrees warmer than normal by next Tuesday. So just hold on. Okay, tonight, light south winds and a few high clouds keep us a little bit warmer. No more 30s in town. We wake up at 41 in Austin tomorrow morning. Tomorrow afternoon, mostly cloudy, 69 degrees with a couple sprinkles late. And then the warm-up continues, 75 on Thursday. Here comes the rain showers and a few uh, thunderstorms possible Friday. The cold front, though, produces dramatically colder weather on Saturday. Fortunately for Austin Marathon runners, the winds settle down, the air nice and crisp, 35 degrees for the race. Looking good on Sunday morning. All right, David, thank you very much. Hundreds of demonstrators in Milan this weekend while they're protesting the Olympic Games that are more than two years away. Dan Abrams tonight, a national exclusive. Former Congressman George Santos speaks out what he thinks about the race to fill his seat. Only on News Nation, tonight at 9 Eastern. Then on Banfield. Police release a suspect sketch in the murder of Rachel Morin. Now what her brother and investigators say about this major development and the possibility of a serial killer. Banfield tonight, only on News Nation. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. Right now, the news that may have impacted your 401k and could put the brakes on a lowering of interest rates, plus our NBC News investigation into driverless cars and a new push for accountability when the technology fails. Ahead on Nightly News. Today, around 300 protesters marched in Milan to demonstrate against the environmental impact of the 2026 Winter Olympics. Demonstrators held painted signs reading fake snow, real profit. Take a look there. The protesters said that a large part of the country would suffer damage because of the construction work needed for the games in northern Italy. Meanwhile, Italy's economy minister said last week that he was increasingly worried about delays in preparations for the future Olympics. Well, a man is under arrest in Wichita, Kansas, accused of stealing a statue of baseball pioneer Jackie Robinson. 45-year-old Ricky Alderete is currently being held on several charges in connection to the theft last month, including aggravated criminal damage to property. Police officials say there is no indication the robbery was hate-motivated, but rather to get scrap metal from, for money from the statue. Additionally, investigators are still working to identify others involved in the theft. All right, well, coming up tonight on KXN, we have new episodes of Night Court at 7 and Extended Family at 7.30. Then at 8 o'clock, it's the series finale of La Brea. And after that, a new Quantum Leap before you can join us right back here for KXAN News at 10. Or as always, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. Here is where to find us over the air or through your television provider.